Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We did leave... Go ahead. You want to say something? No, I was going to say, <laughs> we, we had a huge cliffhanger. I'm sure right. that you had trouble going throughout the rest of your day. Oh, yeah. You had trouble sleeping. <laughs> you were wondering Josh so much. Josh was going to come back with a list. Yeah. That's right. That's so, right. But we ended with talking about discouragement in, yep. in ministry, and I was trying to end on a positive note, and yep. they, they would not let me. They nope. instead wanted to wait until this moment That's right. and say, if there was something that you could do to be an encouragement to you as a pastor, what could somebody do that yep. would be an encouragement for you? That's right. Um, well, for me, um, I, I've shared with people, um, I've shared with this with you, Jonathan, like typically near the end of the week, I, I just have high levels of anxiety thinking about the message on Sunday and I, I, I'm, I'm better now, but partly I'm better because I've shared that with a number of people at my church. And so they'll text me on Saturday and say, hey, I'm, br- I'm praying for you right now. Mm-hmm. And that has been a huge, massive <coughs> encouragement. Well, Josh has turned that around too because he texts us as pastors and says mm. he's praying for us, usually on a Saturday night. And you know, when you text a pastor on a Saturday night, you probably know what he's doing. He's, <laughs> he's you know, so so just text him and tell him yeah, that you know I'm you don't need to call him. Yeah, call yeah. him, but yeah, but that might is not a, be a good idea to call unless it's an emergency. That, but that's a but that is a that's an encouragement to. To me, too, to know that as a brother in ministry, we're praying for one another. I think the thing that um, thrills me is when somebody just comes up and tells you something that they've learned or that they're doing. Uh, Like, uh, for instance, you know, maybe they're maybe they're occupied in. Um, preparing a lesson for the children, and they come and they and they're all excited about that lesson that they're giving, and they're they're telling you what they've just learned because you know yourself that as you pour yourself into something, you actually get more out of it. Um, the other the other night, uh, one of the the helpers that were helping with the young children, we have we have a, a slew of little kids that are you know preschool, and they're down there and they're actually learning uh, catechism questions about. Who made you, and what else did God make, and why did God make you, and all things? And and the 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 person came up, and they were just thrilled, and and said it was the most wonderful experience they had was to see these little children um, um, with joy talking about the things they knew about God. Yeah, and uh, you know, so that actually, you know. You can't be everywhere in the church at once, but when somebody is telling you about what is happening in their life in the relationship to how they're serving the church, that's what's exciting for me. Absolutely. I think the things that are the most encouraging to me are first those that that take a a genuine interest in the life of the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And then second, those that 
take a genuine interest in my family, mm-hmm. that they actually care about my kids and my wife. And they show that, that they genuinely mm-hmm. do, Yeah, which yeah. I think leads to where we're kind of going. Yep. For the next well, question, yeah, the, yeah, but can we do a quick one on twenty four? Quick, yep. Um, do you use family as illustrations in sermons? I I get in trouble sometimes because of some of the things that I share. Um, and then there's a kind of a running joke in my house. Oh, great! Now you know, Dad's going to use that as an illustration. Something that happened that was funny, whatever. So yes, I do, but I typically try to run them by my wife first to make sure I'm not out of line. <laughs> oh, I, I'm very careful about that. And in fact, the, you know, you know, years ago when the boys were young and I had three of them, I, I, you know, I had something I needed to share. I said, one of my boys, I, I said, wait, just a minute. Don't any of you look at each other so nobody will know who it is, <laughs> you know, because, because they, you know, there are, there's some things, you know, um, and my wife has reminded me, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to throw your family under the bus. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to make them the object of that lesson. Um, you know, there's, you can say, you know, something happened, not here in Boise, but back east, <laughs> Back east, people are like this. Not here. Nobody would be like that here. That's right. And and that and when you say it that way, people realize you know you're. This is actually a a, a rel, relevant illustration to them. Right. Yeah. So I never use my children by name. <laughs> so I might say one of my kids, mm-hmm. and it's not important which one. Yeah. <laughs> so no need to go and ask them. Yeah. But I don't. I don't use my my wife as an illustration because it doesn't work as well to say yeah, one, one of, of my, my wives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some. That's problematic on many levels. Uh, so, oh man. Yeah. So I do not do the same we with my wife. That, um, as I, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So this is the last question now, right? Mm-hmm. Can, can well we, for the ones can, that you've yeah written down. All right. So, mm-hmm. um, what is the one thing? you wish people knew about pastoral ministry? That it's rewarding. That it just is rewarding. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it is it is a vocation and a calling. And because it is, even though we've talked about burdens, even though we've talked about, you know, lo- you know we may lose sleep, we may, you know, it's not something we're gritting our teeth over. Mm-hmm. It is actually rewarding because God has uh, given us this opportunity and gift. Um, it is something that, um, you know, even even you know when you talk about discouragements, there's nothing better. There, this this is this is the life God has created for me, and there's nothing better than that. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I, I hope that. Part of the show has not led you to think that somehow we don't enjoy what we do. We love what we do. Um, we consider it to be a great privilege to be able to um, enter into people's lives and and um, both the good and the bad, um, both the joys and the and the sorrows. That um, I mentioned somebody something to to somebody the other day about that I would consider it a privilege to be able to do. Um, sit down with the, the family and, and work through a difficulty. And he laughed and he said, I'm not sure that that's a privilege. And I said, oh, I think it is. I, I find it to be a great privilege that people allow me into their life and into some of the, the, the difficulties of life. Um, 
because I, I, I recognize that that isn't uh, something that they're not letting other people do. And so I do consider it to be that, a privilege. Um, and I'm, I'm not using that term lightly. And um, because that allows you to, to know somebody in a more intimate way, um, that you know other people don't have the opportunity to to be involved with. Yeah. Well, Jesus said that that there's a particular yoke and a particular burden that comes uh, when we come to him. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And and pastors, I, I know that that's somewhat e, um, evangelistic there, uh, but it's it's for every Christian, and it's um, and especially for pastors. That's the particular yoke and the particular burden that we have, is that we get to spend so much time with Christ and His Word in prayer and. Yeah, there are hardships that come with pastoral ministry that are um, sometimes so discouraging you, you, you want to crawl up on a ball. But, man, God is um, God is there. I remember John, hearing John Piper talk about how he was shocked that Bethlehem Baptist would pay him to do this. Mm. I, I, he, he goes, I, every time I sit down with the Word, I can't believe that I'm paid to do this ministry. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's accurate. Well, we, you know, when we talk about spiritual gifts, you know, one of the things is we're told that he's given some to be pastors, pastors and teachers. And because he's gifted, and this is true of any gift that we have, you know, in the body of Christ, because we're gifted in that way, when we use those gifts, um, there is there's satisfaction, there's fulfillment and joy. Oftentimes people uh, struggle because they're trying to accomplish something without the gift that they've been given. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, when, when, you're, when, when the need and the gift line up uh, together, you know, when there's that cross-section, um, you, you find the strength and the and the ability to accomplish what God has done. Yeah, that's right. So in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, the chapter ends that, that we're ambassadors for Christ, and then chapter 6 goes on to talk about that ministry. And Paul writes this, that we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, mm -hmm. as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, mm -hmm. as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. That was read at my ordination. <laughs> that that was the that's the that was a focus verse for when I was ordained for ministry. And I can't think of a better paragraph summation of of ministry. Yeah, that you, we get to play on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and to be quite honest, the joys always outweigh. Um, the difficulties and the sorrows. So in, in the past shows, the, connecting this, when we talk about the efficacy of the word and how powerful it is, it's not theoretical to us. 
Mm-hmm. Like we've spent hours and hours and hours in our study. And I mean, there have been times where I'm all by myself and a truth hits me so hard in the face that I just lift up my hands and start praying or praising God out loud mm-hmm. for the power that just hit me with. And so that's that's the that's one taste of the joy. So when we commend the word to you, when we commend the gospel to you, when we exhort you, when we uh, encourage you, when we try to comfort you as as pastors, part of that's experiential knowledge. We know that there's no other place to turn. I mean, if you have sorrow, where are you going to turn? If you're on your deathbed, where are you going to turn? If you're in prison, where are you going to turn? God and His Word and the gospel. Well, this is one of the reasons why, you know, the, that verse in Romans when we talk about all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's not just a cliche. You know, actually, we want to, we want to show, uh, that from God's word, uh, on a regular basis so that when they do come to that crisis, they can say that to themselves. They can preach, they can, they can share that message with themselves. No, you know, I'm going through this, but all things I, I don't have to call it good, yeah. but I know that uh, all these things are for my good and God's glory. Yeah. And and so, you know, hopefully, you know, we're, we're not just dropping a cliche on somebody's lap, you know, in a term of crisis, but we've been there all along uh, sharing those things. That's right. Or the, the the verse in James, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. When, um, not if. Yeah, yeah, because when, because yeah. they they're they're, because they do come. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've been listening to the gospel for life. Um, we've had uh, a tremendous joy these last few weeks now talking to you about pastoral ministry. Uh, we hope that it's been fruitful for you. Um, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, just go to the Gospel for Life. Subscribe there, and uh, we will see you next time.